it's Leanna. Before we get to the episode, we want to take a second to thank you for listening. The fact that you chose this episode out of the millions of podcast episodes that are out there, that's pretty cool. We'd love it if you left us a review, subscribed, shared us with a friend. And if there's something you want to see us talk about on Hometown Stories, just let us know. Send an email to hometownstories at wdbj7.com. Okay, now let's settle in for today's episode. is about to begin for Virginia Public School students. In addition to having backpacks, uniforms, and new shoes ready to go, public health leaders also want children to be prepared physically. That means getting their annual physical and required vaccinations, as well as checking up on their mental health. In this episode of Hometown Stories, we spoke with Dr. Karen Shelton, Virginia State Health Commissioner, about what parents need to know ahead of the school year. This conversation originally appeared on the WDBJ7 Plus digital news desk. First, Dr. Shelton, uh, let's first understand your role. What is your responsibility as Virginia State Health Commissioner? Well, as State Health Commissioner, I run the Virginia Department of Health, and we want to make sure that we protect and promote the health and well-being of all of our our Commonwealth. Uh, And so we want to make sure that our people have the best opportunities they can for great health, such as healthy back to school for our children. So um, it's it's been an honor to to have this role at a state capacity, and I do uh, value the the work that I did in Mount Rogers and, and all that I learned during my time there to help to prepare me for the State Health Commissioner role. School uh, is coming up maybe quicker for some rather than others. Uh, And, you know, it's important to get the backpacks and the pencils and the pens and whatnot. But it's also really important to make sure that uh, our kiddos are ready to go physically. So, Dr. Shelton, can you tell us what do parents need to do if they haven't already to make sure that their kids are ready to go back to school? Well, the first thing we do want to discuss is Virginia's immunizations. We do want to make sure that those requirements are met for our children entering into daycare as well as public and private school as they enter into kindergarten, but also as they go into seventh and twelfth grade. These immunizations that we have for our children are helped to help to prevent the spread of infectious disease in our schools and in our communities. We think about devastating and crippling diseases like polio, which we are now vaccinated for, which we have not thankfully seen in decades as a result of vaccination in the United States. We do have other diseases like measles and mumps that can be devastating for certain people, as well as pertussis or whooping cough, which we will see crop up from time to time in the communities. These are a few of the things that children are vaccinated against when they come into school. And we wanna make sure that we know that the schools are really the heart of our community. And when children come to school, if we can prevent the spread of infectious disease within our schools, we can also keep our families safer and our whole community safer. We know that uh, here in Southwest Virginia, uh, you know, you can access these um, physicals and these immunizations through your primary care provider. But Dr. Shelton, we'd also know that a lot of families in our hometowns don't necessarily have a primary care provider. Where can those folks turn to for these kinds of resources? Well, we do want everyone to try to see if they can find a primary care provider for themselves and for their children. So that's our first step. But for those who may not have access to that, all the local health departments do have vaccine readily available for children. And they even have uh, the vaccine, Virginia vaccine program for children for those who don't have insurance. So we want to make sure that all of our children do have an opportunity to get their vaccinations before school starts. Let's also talk about 
uptake of immunizations. Of course, during COVID, we saw not only uh, here, but also globally, there was concern about maintenance of regular vaccines. And then, of course, there was a lot of anti-vaccine rhetoric that was going around as the COVID vaccines were being rolled out. Have we seen in Virginia uh, the same kind of concerns about maintenance of regular early childhood vaccinations and being able to maintain them? What can you say about the effect that the pandemic has had on making sure that children are, are immunized and ready to go to school? Well, prior to COVID, we did have a 98% uptake on vaccines, and those are counted on the first day that school starts. During COVID, we did drop down to 80%, but we have thankfully come back up to 89%. And again, those are only the totals on the first day school starts. Children uh, do have the opportunity to go ahead and get those vaccines and get in a catch-up schedule so that they can start school successfully. We do want to make sure, though, that those are conversations, if parents have concerns about vaccines, that these are conversations that they have with their health care provider, because it's so important. Some certain children may have uh, certain medical concerns or families may have religious concerns, but whether or not their children get those vaccines is such an important conversation to have with that health care provider to make sure that the best choices are made for that child and for that family. As we mentioned, you uh, have experience working with the Mount Rogers uh, Health District and uh, understanding what health care and access to healthcare looks like in our rural communities. What can you say about the current accessibility to healthcare, pediatric healthcare, um, and where we need to go and how your department is trying to get there with improving access in those communities? Well, we do have a, a, a shortage of physicians and healthcare providers in Southwest Virginia, particularly in some of our more, more rural counties. So I know that a lot of people regularly travel for their healthcare to hubs of healthcare. So we encourage people to seek out uh, the healthcare providers that are closest to them so that they can have those great conversations. Uh, the Virginia Department of Health does work with our communities to help provide access. And we also work with our local hospital systems to make sure that we can ensure provider access in our area. So there's always a lot of strategy that goes into making sure that we have the best healthcare access for our communities, for both our kids and for our adults. You had mentioned, your team had mentioned that overall mental health is also an important key in maintaining, uh, your mental health is an important key for your overall health. And of course, the topic uh, has, has long been discussed about the mental health of our children. Um, where can parents turn to for mental health resources? I think that's the big thing that we see from parents is I know that there's something going on with my child and their mental health, and I just don't know what to do about it. What resources are available for them? Well, it is so important for parents to have those conversations with their children about their mental well-being. And I think that's something as a society we maybe didn't open up very much about previously, but over the last few years, and especially coming through COVID, I think it's so much, so very important that we tune in on that with our children. So asking them, uh, parents to children, about their mental well-being is good. Just simple questions. Are you okay? How are you feeling? Uh, Virginia has been working very hard to stand up our mental and behavioral health resources, such as Right Help Right Now, which means that when you need help, it's there available for you. If children or, or adults or, or families are experiencing a current mental health crisis, there is a line they can call now. 988 is the number that they can call for a current mental health crisis. And these will, this, the people on this line will help to walk and talk them through their crisis and to make sure they have access to appropriate care. Along with mental well-being, we do want to make sure that our kids have, uh, that their physical well-being is also checked up on. So we do want to make sure that those, again, those visits with the healthcare providers 
do take a look at their um, their physical well-being and your healthcare provider may be a great person to access for your maybe the first person you access also for your child's mental well-being. So uh, really being connected with healthcare providers is such an important thing for our children to make sure they get the healthiest start to the school year. You mentioned a little bit earlier in our conversation that particularly in our rural communities, uh, there is a shortage of healthcare providers. And I know that when you started the job of a state health commissioner, you also talked about the importance of the health of the public health workforce. What can you say um, today about the health of our public health workforce in Virginia? And being that we have a lot of provider shortages in so many areas, particularly in our rural communities, what is it that your department is working uh, to do to maybe fill those gaps? Where are we at and where would you like to see us go? Well, certainly all of healthcare was greatly devastated throughout COVID, both in our hospitals and in our public health workforce. So there are great minds across the state and, and across the nation looking at how do we how do we rebuild not only our public health workforce, but also our, our healthcare workforce. It's really important that we take these things into consideration. In our public health workforce specifically, it was very interesting that during COVID, we had a lot of people join the public health workforce just to help out. And so they had, many of them have remained. Uh, and so we we are very appreciative of those who've come to public health, but we are working with our academic institutions across the state, both for public health workforce, as well as our other workforce, such as nurses and physicians and nurse practitioners and physicians assistants and, and physical therapists and all the healthcare providers we can get. And we are working to make sure that we look at recruitment of these specialties, as well as retention of those who are already in those specialties. And what can we do to optimize uh, those angles? We also look at the public at the current workforce that we have and say, how can we take care of our own wealth workforce? What can we do to make sure that they are physically and mentally well as well? So uh, these are conversations and actions that are going on throughout, I'm sure, other businesses as well as our healthcare entities across the state to make sure that we are optimizing as best we can uh, our healthcare workforce as well health as well as healthcare access for our our um, our people in the Commonwealth. I know over the last school year, we had a, a series, it felt like every day I knew somebody whose kiddo was homesick from school. And it just felt like in some instances, um, it felt like the prevalence of those illnesses that were sending kiddos home um, was happening quite frequently. What can you advise parents about not only kind of prep work on the front end, making sure that their kiddos, um, you know, stay healthy and stay well, but if they do get sick, uh, what what's the proper protocol that you would advise? And I know that's a tricky question because some parents don't have access to childcare or not stay-at-home parents, but when it comes to staying healthy throughout the school year, what are some best practices that you would advise? Well, that's a great point. We do want to make sure that our kids is the are as healthy as they can be. So starting the school year right is very important. Making sure that our kids are getting good nutritious food, making sure that they're physically active, making sure they're sleeping well at night, addressing some of their mental health issues as far as uh, any kind of mental well-being, you know, are there worry or concerns, talking about those with healthcare providers or other, other um, the, of those who can be of service. We also want to make sure that if our children are feeling unwell, that's one of the things that we learned during COVID is the first step is to make sure you're washing your hands a lot and wash them often. Wash before you eat. Uh, wash, uh, you know, anytime you get the opportunity to keep those hands washed because that will help to spread the diseases. We also look at covering your cough. 
or your sneeze and making sure that we don't want to spread those germs into the air and then washing your hands again. And when children are running a fever or feeling sick, they probably should stay home. We really don't want those diseases to spread within our schools. It may be difficult for some parents to achieve that. But as we look at how we socially network within our communities and making sure that we're reestablishing those friends and family and community members, looking out for each other and how can we help each other, making sure that we can all achieve the optimal health that we need. In just the last few minutes that we have, Dr. Shelton, I want to ask a question that pertains perhaps to our older children, though increasingly our younger children, and that is their proximity to um, substance abuse disorder, whether it be you know within the home or within the community or at school, their proximity to those substances uh, that could lead to substance abuse. We know that this has become under the purview, this has come under the purview of public health. What is your department doing when it comes to particularly our young people the role that public health plays in preventing them from falling into substance abuse disorder. Well, that's a great topic to bring up. We know that substance abuse is really prevalent uh, throughout our nation and throughout Virginia and throughout Southwest. So we do need to make sure that we equip our kids as best as possible to see what they can do. We, we start with prevention and education. We want to educate our youth as far as what are the substances of concern out there? We know that fentanyl is very prevalent uh, in the communities now, and it's even a small dose of fentanyl can kill people. So we really advise that people not experiment or take drugs or pills or things that someone give them that they don't know what they are. And it's so important that we have these frank conversations with our children about what is in our communities. Uh, schools are doing a great job to try to do some education and prevention and equipment of our students in that area. Virginia Department of Health has partnered with agencies across the state. This is a statewide effort through multiple agencies as far as what we can do to reduce the harm of substance use in our communities. Naloxone is another great tool that we have. This is a medication that if someone who is found who has overdosed and stopped breathing, we can give them naloxone or Narcan uh, through a simple nasal spray, which can bring them back to life as it restarts their breathing again. And there's a lot of education going on in our schools and with our children about what to look out for and how they can help. Uh, we work closely with our, uh, our first responders, our law enforcement, our schools and about education into all these areas. And we do need our, our parents to be aware that these are conversations they should have as well. If you're seeing changes in your child that you think may not be quite right, it's important to talk about these things and make sure they're getting the help they need in advance. So we just uh, really do appreciate the opportunity to talk about this and make sure that people in our community are aware Almost everyone you talk to, someone they know has been touched or they have been personally touched by someone who may have died from a drug overdose. So we really want to make sure that we keep these conversations going so that our kids are very aware of how prevalent it is and the steps that they need to take to avoid the pitfalls of substance use. Dr. Shelton, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about some very important topics as we head back to school. Again, my guest today has been Dr. Karen Shelton, Virginia State Health Commissioner. Dr. Shelton, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. And the website vdh.virginia.gov has a great uh, back to school list for everyone. A lot, a lot we talked about today, but they can make sure they check out and other resources as well for healthy back to school. Thank you. Hometown Stories is a production of WDBJ7 in Roanoke, Virginia. This episode was written and produced by me, Leanna Scacchetti, and edited by Ben Roquelmi. We'll see you next time.